Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Good morning from Jerusalem. My name is David Nekrutman. My name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. And David, every time, every day before we record, we say, you know what? This time we're going to talk about Psalm 51, which is the source of that verse we quoted several episodes ago. Do not send me away from before you and do not remove your Holy Spirit from me. And then we end up talking about something else and it's great stuff, but we never actually get to Psalm 51. I propose that today, Wednesday, we get to Psalm 51. Are you saying Psalm 51 is like Matt Damon to Jimmy Kimmel. We always introduce that we're going to say he will appear in our podcast, but never gets a chance to actually appear on the podcast. I am not saying that because we're going to get to it today. We're going to do it. I think it's time our listeners have been waiting. They're getting frustrated. The emails are pouring in complaining about our not getting to Psalm 51. Let's finally un-Matt Damon Psalm 51 and do it in today's podcast, or at least begin. You know him as Psalm 51 in the book of Psalms. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Psalms 51. And David, the opening of Psalm 51 itself is crucial. For the conductor, a psalm by David, when Natan, the prophet, came to him, when he came to Bathsheba. That's a specific reference into the prophetic literature. Yes, this is talking about the second book of Samuel, Chapter 11, David saw Bathsheba bathing. He inquired after her and found out that Bathsheba was married to Uriah Hachiti, Uriah the Hittite. David nonetheless brought her to his home and slept with her. Later on, he found out that she was pregnant. She informed him. He then called Uriah back from war where he was fighting with David's generals and others. David had a conversation with Uriah, told him to go back home to Bathsheba, Uriah refused. But there's a reason why he wanted Uriah to go back to Bathsheba, because then they would be able to spend the night together, and that pregnancy then could be accredited to the husband and not to King David himself. You may very well be right. Just realize, for those who are reading the text, that is an interpretation. So it's a good interpretation that you're saying. That's why he wanted him to go back. The text itself, though, David, does not actually say why he told him to go to his wife. That's a reasonable interpretation, but not necessarily the only interpretation. In any case, Uriah refused, not knowing why, of course. And David effectively had Uriah killed. He sent him to the heat of battle and had the armies pull back when Uriah was still there, so that he would almost inevitably be killed. This was a bad moment for wow. David. This was David's perhaps greatest, most tragic moment when he really fell. And at that moment, Natan the prophet came and spoke to David about a certain situation. Because David, in fact, married Bathsheba at that point. And all seemed well until the prophet Natan, Nathan, came to him. And Nathan gave a famous parable. David, let me read what happened inside the text. I'm now in chapter 12 in the second book of Samuel. God sent Natan to David, David, and he came to him and told him, There were two men in one city, one rich and one poor. The rich man had many sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one small sheep that he had acquired. He raised it, and it grew up together with him and his children. It ate from his food, drank from his cup, and lay in his bosom, and became like a daughter to him. A traveler came to the rich man, and he was reluctant to take from his own sheep or cattle to prepare for the visitor who had come to him. So he took the poor man's sheep and prepared it for the man who had come to him. David was very angry about this man, and he said to Natan, As the Lord lives, any man who does this deserves to die, and he must pay fourfold for the sheep 
because he did this deed and because he had no pity. And then there's a break in the text, a space. And then Natan said to David, you are the man. And Natan continues, thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you as king over Israel and I saved you from Saul's hand. I gave you the house of your master and the women of your master into your bosom. And I gave over to the house of Israel and Judah. And if this were not enough, I would have added even more than this. Why have you scorned the word of the Lord, doing that which is evil in my eyes? You have struck Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to yourself for a wife, while you have killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. That was the enemy who killed Uriah. And David said to Natan, I have sinned to the Lord. Scott, I believe that Psalm 51 was then composed or articulated by David right after he said, I have sinned. That's certainly implied by the opening when this entire prayer is in the context of after Natan the prophet had come and spoken to David. All of Psalm 51 is about repentance, about going back to God. David praying to God that he not take his Holy Spirit away from him and that God accept him in full repentance. And I would say further, not only in repentance, but in complete restoration, wiping the slate completely clean. And David, as you said in an earlier podcast, Jewish liturgy represents Jewish belief. We believe that which we say. And the verses of Psalms are what we say. They are the collective prayer in the Bible of the Jewish people. And in that sense, by looking at Psalm 51 more in depth, we can have a better understanding of what constitutes true restoration and true repentance. My name is David Nekrutman. My name is Scott Kahn. And blessings from Jerusalem.